got backed off by the casino and they took him in the back room and chained him to the chair. And I don't know what's more crazy about this story, the fact that that happened or the fact that that is the second time I've known of someone get chained to a chair in a casino. And the first guy happened to sued the casino and won. And now my friend is suing this casino. If I told you the casino, (laughs) you would be... You'd be mind blown, but I probably shouldn't say it. But they're guys. They do magic. They are the magic guys. Yes, we are guys who do magic, and we are here from different countries: Australia, New Zealand. Bonsoir. <laughs> yes. I'm in the French and... Quarter sometimes, so I use that accent. Ah, true. Buongiorno. All the Italians oh, yeah. out there. Yes. And Jason is doing a silent act. No, I'm here. Good day, mate. Yeah, that's it. That's what we're after. Nice one. Hey, everyone's here early. Everyone's ready because they Phoenix. know. Greetings. They know oh, who we're The problem is to. that my audio is not as good. So I, you know, I don't want to drown you all with terrible audio. <laughs> Thoughtful. You're, luckily, your deep voice makes up for any crappy audio, it like still picks it up pretty crisply it's just the linking rings that really <laughs> makes it loud <laughs> there's there's work going on there too oh is that you doc <laughs> no no i'm guessing that's mika who's there banging the rings it's not me what there's rings banging no there's nothing so, someone's there's grinding metal together <laughs> Somewhere. Oh no, just outside of my building there's someone with a jackhammer <laughs> destroying the ground. Oh good. I yeah, so that's what I mean. That makes sense. As long as it's not Mika, that's cool. That's well, Mika's not in New Zealand at the moment, he's in Australia, so Yeah. But he is New Zealand. This this whole this whole web of magicians is getting <laughs> too crazy. And just to make it even more crazy, we have uh can we still call him a magician? I don't know. These are questions I intend to ask this man. <laughs> yes, the man of deceit. Uh, no, we, the man of luck. We have him here back again since his, uh, his two series have come out. Now we've got him back to uh, really ask him the hard-hitting questions, find out what he's up to and uh, how many times he's been kidnapped. So should we just bring him on? I reckon yeah, everyone's man, I'm excited for this one. Let's bring on Stephen Bridges. <laughs> Our production value's lacking today. <laughs> I loved it. It felt quite casino-y in, in the track, you know? Was, it felt like a heist movie. I liked it. It was good. Thank <laughs> you. Well, now we got that sorted. That's good. That's good. How are you, Stephen? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Nice to be back. Thanks for staying up for us. I know it's oh, night time for you. And we appreciate it is it. night officially nighttime, but I, you know, it's not like 3 a.m., it's only 10 p.m., so it's, it's all right, it's still bearable. International man of mystery, no one yeah. ever apologizes to me for staying up, but whatever. Thanks for staying up, Doug. Whatever. What time is it for you, Doug? You know, it's like f- four o'clock, <laughs> four p.m. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you as well. But sometimes yeah, we it's like seven, you know, and I'm an older guy, so I wrap it up early. That's true. Wow. Lots of questions coming in, comments coming in already. That's awesome. But, um, you know, you're looking well-groomed, even more so since last time. So things must have been going, things must be going well. Uh, (laughs) Even, you know, from what I can watch from the series, it it seems to go well. But uh, I've been around the gambling world. I've seen guys go down the spiral. You seem to be doing the opposite of that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I think people don't know who we're talking to. Who is Stephen Bridges? Because we didn't really introduce what you do yet. Do you want me to do it or do you want to do it? (laughs) You have an elevator pitch? You could do it. Yeah, essentially, um, I'm a card counter. And I imagine most of your audience will know what card counting is. But card counting is, in essence, a way of gaining a legal advantage over the house in Blackjack. And we do that essentially by keeping track of what cards have been played. And then we use that information to know what cards are likely to come next. And if we think there's tens and aces on the way, we put lots of money out. And if not, then we don't. And that's essentially it in the, in the most condensed version of card counting I can give. Um, but even though it's legal, casinos don't like it. So, 
And I love in your original video, when you very first explained like what you were going to start doing your endeavor, you explained that like casinos make, what was it like 125 billion a year, which is more than like the big mega brands. And so it's not fair. So why not, you know, they're going to take money from us and learn how to take money from us. We should learn how to take money from them. I think that's like, I think it's totally justified. Yeah. Hmm. I'm listening to the pitch, waiting for you to say, and I do magic sometimes. Is that still part of your life? It used to be. Oh, I mean, did I you see that fan? Does it have hey. the string in it? Is that one of those taped again? No, oh, no, no. It's all, it's all good. Yeah. Holy crap. Is that a whole ass thumb fan? That was, that was, <laughs> look at that. Not a pressure fan. I'm not that good. But, you know, a regular fan. Is Must be nice. Ass thumb fan, bro? Yeah. Jeez. I didn't want to flex too hard on this podcast but i thought surrounded by you guys i have to show some serious skill early on to gain some credibility so it must be because oh. there's no humidity in the uk jay so they can thumb fan whereas us, <laughs> it's all sticky so we're like we have to do pressure <laughs> you know what i've done magic you, you want to see an australian thumb fan yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i've done magic for so jay? long i've never been able to pull off i've never been able to do a pressure fan i don't know why it just always looks bad that doesn't look good, does it? It looks oh, a bit it looks wrong. Amazing, don't worry about it. No, oh, Jason, you flatter me. To be fair, that one wasn't as. I really expected a perfect one from you, Jason, and that was. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There you go. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying awesome. to make you feel better. <laughs> Thank you. And look at that, Doug. There with it, Josh. You have to do anyway, a pressure fan, right? Anyway, now. enough about this. Yeah, enough yeah. About these pressure no. fans and clip shifts. Let's, this is uh, this is what it has to be, please. Let's talk. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about gambling. Yeah. yeah, man. Gambling. I just particularly I was, a new series. I got to know. I've got a curious question for you. This series seemed to be very high quality, like the amount of effort that you're putting into them. How much footage would you say that you're getting per episode, and how much are you trimming out to get it down to that Ooh. twenty minutes? But you're, yes. you're sitting there with like eight hours of footage, right? And we're talking about your YouTube channel series, which you also didn't mention. You yeah, have no, an amazing no. series on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone, so, everyone knows. There's a link below to all of Stephen's work, but please, please tell us. Yeah. For people that don't know, think of it, think of it like a vlog series slash documentary, but with a hidden camera chucked in for the mix of me going around America counting. So good. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So the production value, I think kind of went up in this series for two reasons, really. Firstly, I worked with an editor. I've got a friend called Jack Howard, who's a, a filmmaker and a director, and he's also incredibly good at editing. So, and he lives really near me. So, um, I would sort of do the very rough cut, of the video because I always thought I couldn't outsource editing. I was like, there's too much of the story comes together in the edit, but I found that, Oh, I could do the rough cut. And then I sit with him and, and we would edit together and then he would just make it so much better. And he's got such a good eye for storytelling and as much about knowing what to cut out and, and just things about what to leave in, like just little things that I would have cut because I would have been thinking, Oh, I've got to keep it really like tight, but little things that he would leave in that would really help set the scene. So I think yeah. working with him really elevated, um, the quality, but also I sort of switched up the hidden cameras I was using and these hidden cameras I could record essentially for just nonstop. So I could record maybe like eight hours worth of footage, can, can which you give just us meant an insight there. I was telling my wife, I'm quite curious about what you used for that footage to get like the cage shots where you're talking money with yeah. the pit boss and managers. I, I can tell you, a, I, I actually can't tell oh, you, but I'll okay. tell you why I can't tell you. And that's maybe yeah. more interesting than, than what it is. So, okay. Then. Um, at one point I realized I needed to really up my, my hidden camera game because before then I was using like a hidden camera watch that just could record for about 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I would have to just sort of think about when I thought something was about to happen and then I would turn on the camera and then you try and capture it, which obviously meant that anything that happened spontaneously, I, I didn't really get. Right. Uh, so this yeah. time I was like, I want to be recording all of the time. So I, I, I spent so much time Originally, one of the big things I really wanted to do was get a hidden camera fitted into like headphones, like over the ear headphones. I was like, if I could get like a GoPro in one of those, mm-hmm. that'd be incredible. Mm-hmm. And all this, and I, so I was trying to get that customized, and I couldn't get it done in the end. Uh, and eventually, I spoke to um, somebody that sells hidden cameras to the police in the UK, and then he put yeah. me in touch with a guy that basically modifies hidden cameras for the police. Um, and originally I called him up and it was, it was like a really, I don't know, even the phone call felt a bit shady, but I called him up and he was so not, not interested in working with me. He was like, I do not want, he was like, look, if you show 
this hidden camera setup on camera, people could get killed. Wow. Like, what? Oh. Because he's like, because this is wow. used by hidden camera undercover cops. And I was like, I, I won't, we can't, we can't do anything. I said, I don't need to show it on camera. It's so right. not about the camera. Right. So uh, after a lot of, <laughs> like a lot of discussion, <laughs> he eventually did agree um, to, to work with me. So as a result, I have more than one hidden camera setup, but the actual specifics of that, um, I can't really say. Otherwise, he personally will come after me. He will find yeah. me. And who but knows? specifically, you solved uh, uh, the issue of being able to film longer term, yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could so I could do that. eight hours easily. Yeah. That's so does, yeah, does that mean your editor is watching eight hours per? Mm, oh, yeah. This is an interesting thing. Yeah. So I, I basically have almost every blackjack hand I've played on the entire <laughs> session, right? Not, not all of them are in shot because the table heights do vary, but I've got all of it which is really cool but that does make the edit really tricky because if you want to get some footage you know what where do you begin so no, i mean there's a lot of mm. a lot of skimming it you know in my initial edit i will get the, the back offs and the interesting conversations and put them in and you know i might just say oh this this clip's got a load of play and stuff and then it's really helpful actually having him uh having jack work on it because otherwise i think i think i would go through it all at like 4x speed to just try and find the best little visual bits mm. which is just pointless like you know when you start putting in loads of work on something which to a, to a viewer makes maybe 0.5 of a percent of difference <laughs> and i would think i would get too obsessed so um i'm glad i haven't but i'll normally skim through it very very quickly to sort of see maybe you could like you could just have your chips in view the whole time and the parts where your chips are getting really high you're like ah that must be a part where i'm winning maybe there's some yeah. saucy content in there but that's so much footage, man. I mean, I'm curious. Just on I'm a curious. side note, by the way, I went to a casino <clears> and I just walked in there with a big camera and filmed my gambling endeavor. <laughs> well, I'll stop there for you. So the casinos generally <laughs> frown on filming, and I'm wondering yeah. what is there a is there a gray area there where they would be extra unhappy to <laughs> to discover? Oh yeah. Well, the interesting thing actually is because now I'm I'm quite well known to say the least yeah, right? in the That's us casino scene mm. yeah i mean when i got there on that previous trip they they did as soon as i was seen in the casino they put out what effectively was a country-wide alert wow. to all of the casinos that were on this database system which is most of them that i was in the country which is a real pain it's and not then, like you're hiding behind uh <laughs> you put on some glasses yeah, you still got uh, this yeah exactly you know, yeah unless you go well, yeah, yeah. And then they sent another alert out not long after going, oh, yeah, by the way, Bridges has a YouTube channel. Here's a link to one of his videos, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> All right, bro. I've got it. Your yeah. next video for getting into a casino you've already been to. You walk in with your beard the way that you are now. You get recognized yeah. immediately. And you go, ah, damn. And then you leave. And then you go to the store and you shave. Clean shave and yeah. baby face, right? Clean shave and baby face. Put on some reading glasses or something. You know, turn into like a... Put on one of those, like, uh, check it. Like, it looks like you've made a, t a shirt out of tablecloth. You know what I mean? And then no walk doubt. back in. Hello, gentlemen. Just go for yeah. it. Well, my I have. My name's Breven Stidges. <laughs> I can only imagine oh, God, if you were to do. Name. I can only imagine if you're going to do another series, that's got to be it. It's got to be a disguise, right? Because I remember you, you even saying, like, you were just getting recognized left, right, and center. I mean, it's great that the casinos are giving you free exposure to get subscriptions mm. and and viewers it's awesome <laughs> but um a lot of people are asking you know when's the next series coming or what's next for the youtube channels i mean is that the yeah, only so, way is disguise <laughs> yeah i mean i have actually been to the states and done i don't want to say another series because i don't think it will be a series but i did a a team trip with my blackjack team where we went and played like the proper you know, big player, spotter, team play, all of us in the same casino at the same time. And um, it was incredibly fun. So I did that. And um, yeah, that sound effect was was absolutely necessary to underscore that. <laughs> like <Thank you>. it. <laughs> Made me feel badass. No, so we went and did that and I did radically change my appearance. I don't know how much I should. I'm not still quite sure if I'm going to show my own face on that trip. It's going to be a bit, a bit of a this is why it's not going to be a series. It's probably going to be more of like a one video thing of the trip. Mm, okay. um, wow. A bit like the Vegas video I did, if people have seen that. Uh, because also my teammates obviously don't want to be on camera. So it becomes very tricky to film some of this stuff. But that will definitely, I think, if I get it <laughs> okayed by the team, <laughs> that will be on YouTube at some point. And um, yeah, so 
it we'll just have to see but i got a lot more time when i did some radical appearance changes it really did reset my face however they've still got the facial recognition technology and once that catches up to you it, it does become tricky Nothing you must be like fake nose couldn't fix brother mm. a little bit a little Very bit of putty tempted. a little bit of bart yeah. simpson style putty you know on the chin and could the work um, also, congratulations on passing 400,000 on YouTube. That's a massive accomplishment, thanks. dude. You're, a, yeah, you're one you. of the official big dogs of the gambling community now, huh? Your work's yeah. outstanding. <laughs> you know, I, I, I put on an episode today, and the wife and I ended up watching you for an hour. She's like, Doug, this is so much better than the magic content you make me watch. <laughs> <laughs> which is true um which is true you know it's funny because i think i've said this to josh before too where i was like the problem with magic is it's inherently boring to anyone who's not a magician right right when you're making content about magic but all the all the people who are magicians who have taken off on social media have all switched genres like they're still magicians but they're doing this like chris ramsey puzzles stephen bridges gambling spidey bedros fucking behavioral sciences do you know what i mean like it's yeah they're all very different genres, but and but I think it's pure one magic of, is terrible. <laughs> I think doing pure magic just performing is one of the hardest niches on YouTube. Yeah, I really think that, and I did it for years, and it's just such a grind. Mm. Uh, there are some people that have done it, but it's so difficult. I'm in the muck right now. I'll vouch for that. It's a, it's tough. I mean, yeah. I guess the problem is there's no there's no risk or like there's no drama in it. There's no you know it's here, like. Here's what Jason is doing right now and what you excel at, Stephen, and which I know, and that is this, telling a story in your video that people can emotionally connect to. Not just doing a magic trick to fool them, but giving mm. them something they can relate to and, and uh, you know, appreciate emotionally as, as a human. Yeah, I think I have such an unfair advantage because of doing all this stuff. It just makes it like way That's easier. An unfair like I, advantage. You, you, well, you created this. You know, you're doing this. I guess so. Like, because, I, yeah. because, because you worked hard at producing content so long, you got good at it. <laughs> sure, but I, I guess what I mean is, you know, I did a talk at the session on card counting uh, at the session that just gone in London. Oh, nice. And yeah, it was really fun. First time I've, I've done a talk on card counting, and the feedback I got was really good. I just was thinking. Well, yeah, I don't know if I don't know how good my talk was, but it's just because I have these these good stories that have happened to me. It just sort of gives me um, that kind of advantage. So I kind of think that that's one of the things that I don't know. I'm not sure how to exactly apply this in magic, but when people go and get a really good background in the Next thing that they're back. say again. Ah, oh, sorry, it's just a comment. Keep going. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, I think when people if you want to do a gambling thing and they get really into the world of, of gambling, like properly in it and they go meet some professional gamblers or they go meet some professional cheaters. I think that just gives a more interesting backstory that naturally bleeds into the work. So yes, I think yeah. a, a lot of the time magicians don't do that. Whereas the ones that really dive <laughs> into a thing and immerse themselves in, in a world, so to speak, it just becomes way easier because if I was going to write a gambling show, the show would almost write itself. I think because half the stuff in it would be true stories or at least stuff that's so directly inspired by things that are quite, you know, real. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. you talked about, <clears throat> yeah. you, t you talked about your last trip that you didn't you even put out where you actually had the team all in the same casino. Mm. This to me sounds like the real life 21, you know, with, that had Kevin Spacey <laughs> in there. Like you yeah. could literally make the, like the, the reality series of the actual version of that. But at the same time, I wonder, like, are you, because they're all doing the same stuff that you're doing, these guys on your team, are they like, ah, oh, we got this one friend and he loves to film everything. <laughs> like, are you like that guy to them? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that at times. It's quite funny. Um, essentially, my team is really close. Like, we're all very good friends. And uh, yeah, we essentially are doing what was what the movie 21 was inspired by the MIT Blackjack team. And we're doing essentially what they created, which is this idea of secretly passing the count and having one person bet big and which makes it way harder for surveillance to, to figure it out. And, and casinos feel very threatened by teams. They do not like it at all. Whereas solo counters, they don't mind so much. But yeah, so my team, obviously they're very aware that I'm filming and they all have different rules and stuff and, and different kind of opinions. 
uh, one teammate in particular. Prior to right, like they're like, all right, yeah, film, but like don't show my face. Or like you can film, but I prefer uh, of course, if you yeah, didn't, yeah, catch my name or blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, one teammate. Why well, I really scrub the footage. Like I look for everything. I go, is there any paper in sight? What's on the paper? Is it someone's name? Is someone you know? So I'm so reflections yeah. in glass. Yeah. You know, I go. I almost go too far, but I want to make sure because once the video is up, it's up. I don't want to mm-hmm. take it down. So I really check. You know, I had one teammate once when we did the Vegas video and he at the time was okay with it. You know, <laughs> blur my face. I'll be fine. And then by the time I came to publish it a couple of years later and the, and the first series had done, done pretty well, he was just like, I don't really want to be in it. And I'm like, I've got this thing, hot, this whole thing <laughs> edited. So what I ended up doing was I firstly blurred him on a level like he's his whole there's one person in the Vegas video that's just pixelated like from head to toe and that's the guy uh, and I and I really went for it I so much stuff I did but I also <laughs> took out his audio re-recorded all of his lines lines in a different accent with my own voice and then pitch shifted my own voice so if you go watch it like whenever this one guy is talking it's actually me because I just wanted to make sure <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. That's kind of awesome. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I love the amount of work that you're putting into it. It's really becoming like a soul project, isn't it? Where it's just like, you know, I don't mm. know how to explain it. It's just it becomes a part of who you are, man. The work, the work becomes your hobby and your hobby is your fun. And uh, it's great. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> Patrick right. has an interesting question. Did COVID masks help? Oh, yeah. There was a sweet spot for card counters when COVID masks were really helpful because obviously you can't see their faces. And Mm. I knew of card counters that were going into a place, getting backed off and then just changing masks and putting on a hat and going back, you know, and it was really tricky to catch them. There's definitely been a tipping point where, particularly in certain places in America where masks are, you know, less of a thing, uh, sometimes wearing a mask can be almost a red flag that you're counting. But what I found in particular was when I was playing as a spotter on my team, on the team trip, spotters are betting the table minimum anyway. So if you're wearing a mask when you're just betting the minimum, you just, no one cares. And then it makes you harder to recognize. Whereas if you're wearing a mask and you're betting big, then sometimes it can make you look like a card counter these days. So there was a sweet spot where they were, everybody was loving them, but uh, not anymore, I think. So if we may talk strategy, when you say spotter, this would be someone playing at a low limit to find a good count where someone with a big bet can come in and not arouse as much suspicion by changing their wager. Is that kind yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. So card counters, the way that surveillance catch card counters, one of the most common ways is that when the card counters will change their bet sizes way more than the average player. So, you know, someone might be betting $50 a hand and maybe they'll go up to 100 when they're feeling lucky or maybe 150, but it won't really vary a huge amount. Whereas, you know, I've counted and played $25 a hand and then gone to two hands of $650. That's quite a big range, like a huge range and looks very suspicious. And even by card counting standards, that would be considered incredibly aggressive. It's just that the bigger that range is, the sort of lower risk it is, the quicker you get to the long run. So it's, it's, it's good to do that. But... You know, surveillance, if they spot somebody that's like white and in their 20s or, you know, early 30s, and then they're doing that, and they'll, it's it's a bit of a red flag. <clears throat> yeah. so, or if they're subscribed to their YouTube channel and they see them walk in. Yeah, that also happens. Do they, do they actually have counters as well working in their security room, like people keeping counters? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm in touch with a few surveillance people now, and, and, and well, a couple I thought of them you got do. Like count. an email from one of them that was letting you ride a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, really yeah, happened, so many, huh? we're getting into so many tangents within tangents but yeah i did have a surveillance guy reach out to me and <laughs> essentially tell me that he gave me a bit more table time because That's he knew so who cool. i was which i was just like you're a legend <laughs> but i never heard back from him but anyway I'd love to, finish to give you the, a shout out brother but you'd lose your job <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, totally. yeah yeah but with the spotters thing yeah one one person is betting well a few people are around the around the casino betting the minimum and then we have one person that's the big player they're going around just throwing money around like it's going out of style. And when we get a high count, we'll, we'll signal them over in a secret manner. And then we've got a couple of things we we can do, really. We can either tell them what the count is in a code word, or we can just tell them what to do each time they have a decision to make. And then they'll, yeah, they'll bet big. And at least it looks consistent. You know, the big players betting big, you know, the spotters are betting small. So we can get, you know, get away with it. If I was a casino, I would look at your videos, you know, on YouTube and on Nebula, and I'd be like, we should sponsor one. And so like midway when you're gambling, it's like, 
And today's video is sponsored by Jerry's Casino. They let me stay in their wonderful apartment here and da 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 da. And this is great. And it's been a really refreshing time. Now back to the gambling. Like, don't you think they make so much money? Like, it's not like, even though, yes, they want to stop you, surely, like, it's not affecting anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm sort of half surprised that they don't have a thing where they're like, we're going to do a day where it's like, come and count with Steven or like, come and play blackjack with Steven. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Um, I do get like online casinos often want to sponsor me, they, but I just okay. say no to all of them now. I just don't. I don't feel super comfortable with it. And I, I'm doing a talk at the World Gaming Conference, which is about as close to the pushing the the line as I could go. But when the guy called me up that runs this conference for all the casinos, all the big casinos, in, this is in Vegas, he said, oh, I want you to do a talk. And I was like, I'm not going to do a talk. I'm not going to give casinos tips on how to catch card counters. Are you mad? And he was like, no, 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 I don't want that. He's like, I want you to talk about you know, how casinos back off card counters and whether or not you think that's like working well for both parties and stuff. So I'm going to end up chatting essentially about back offs and how I think that the way that casinos handle these situations is a lose-lose. So I reckon he's going yeah. to slide in the... Uh... Slide in the casual question where he's like, so uh, about catching counters. Yeah. I bet you he yeah. does in front of like the whole audience. He'll just <laughs> slip it in there and be like, you know, what do you, what do you say? A little help for the cats? Well, Colin Jones, who's my mentor and he um, runs Blackjack Apprenticeship. That's how I learned. He um, did a talk at this conference once and he did this whole thing about how much of a waste of time it is for casinos to try and catch card counters. And he explained that from his team, you know, it wouldn't even come close to the the coffee budget for the casinos that they took. You know, for right. the surveillance room, the coffee. Like, it was just, when you divide it up, it's like nothing. Yet he mm. still said that the most common question he was getting after the talk was just like, yeah, but how do we catch card counters? It's just, it's it's wild in a way, the, the lengths that casinos will go. I describe it as they'll sort of drop a nuclear bomb on a house to blow out a candle. I'm like, yeah, it'll work. You know, but a lot of the time talking about AI earlier. I imagine yeah. there's a world where this comes into play in the near future, where the robots in the sky are catching these things we're talking about. Huh? Yeah. I think technology often moves slowly because of budgets and things like that. Even now um, mm -hmm. I do see just stuff like better quality cameras popping up. Some of the older pictures when I started, even though it wasn't that long ago, were just these grainy things. And then I got this one sent to me recently, which is this full HD, like really the crisp. Point is, regardless of how many cameras, you have to have human eyeballs on it. It's when you can replace those with another intelligence that maybe they catch more. You reckon you could mount one of these in your rigs? Yeah. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? 4K, 10-bit yeah. color, you know, just mounted into your hat. Just yeah, that's guys. it. Just put a really big hat on and I'd be... Hey, guys, be what's saying. up? Yeah. <laughs> How many guys do they have up there watching? Is there five, ten, a hundred? I don't know. I think it depends on the size of the casino. Um, yeah. I've had them, I think a couple, you know, at least. It, it really depends on the size of the place. But it's just that they have so much work to do. It's not like they couldn't catch a card counter if they were looking for it. It's that they also have to be checking that the dealer's aren't making mistakes that the dealers aren't stealing right. that you know that big player over on roulette that the guy betting loads of money is, is getting paid properly and he's not doing anything wrong and that drunk guy is being okay and you know all this stuff so they've got a lot of work to do beyond just catching counters so uh, mm. and, and surveillance people in general are like criminally underpaid in the u.s and just treated awfully from what i can tell <laughs> from, from what i i know they're kept, country, from, buddy. <laughs> they're kept separate from the casino staff as far you know from what i've heard and they don't they don't get to go to the same staff parties and stuff oh man they don't want those relationships forming and, and maybe some kind mm. of like you know bias yeah. or something happening i mean at the That'd end of the a day rough life, uh, that job. <clears> at the end of the, the day dark room watching people all day Ooh. top job Card counters yeah. are just Sounds really like my enthusiastic <laughs> sorry <laughs> <clears throat> we can edit that out right <laughs> I was just going to say, it just sounds like that, you know, card counters are just really enthusiastic gamblers, you know? It's just, why kick them out? I think yeah. it's, you're more it's of an investor. Chess, right? It's not really gambling when you're doing what you're doing, in my, in my mm. opinion. I'm an educated uh, poker player. I don't call that gambling. So, I, you know, I relate to it's investing. Yeah, the way that I look at it, I think it's just gambling with an edge which is funny enough, the name of a podcast, but I think that's the, the fairest description because you're still technically gambling, but you are. Right, you're running advantage. a podcast now. No, I'm not. No, no. <laughs> uh, are you thinking about starting one up? No, no, not at all. 
What are, well, what about other projects? Obviously, the gambling thing's going extremely well for you, but do you have any other things in the pipelines besides just the gambling yeah, stuff? Yeah. I shouldn't say just I, the gambling stuff, but you know. No, 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 it's all good. Well, I think I definitely have a shelf life with card counting, right? Like th- This is the the problem with becoming a, a famous, quote-unquote, card counter. The more <laughs> the, the better the videos do, the harder it is to do the thing which makes the videos popular. And, uh, I'm doing yeah, so it. <laughs> well, I think a card counting team already ruined Australia for card counters by uh, just hitting it really hard. Now, now your game quality is really bad. But uh, otherwise, I totally would be up for it. But, see, Josh, that's yeah. why we keep losing. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Can you talk a so, little about the Nebula platform that you promote on your channel? Is this something that you think is, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's talk about it? I'm, I'm curious. Hold on, Doug. Can we get to the uh, the source that we were asking before about other projects? Oh, I thought this tied into that. Um, no, they're sort of separate right? things, but I'll, yeah, I'll do I'll do them bit uh, part. Okay, you know, all right, in go two on. separate things. So yeah, I have a couple of other series ideas. One of which might just take me longer than the car counting to to actually do. It's very ambitious. It's way more. It's it's way trickier to do it legally. <laughs> As a thing, I do quite like. I like stuff that feels like it's a crime, you know. So this, yeah, is, yeah. it wouldn't be illegal, but it would be like, oh, maybe I do need lawyers just to make sure I don't accidentally break the law and stuff. So something like that, it genuinely could take me ages if I if I do it. So that's one idea. I've got another idea which kind of leans into a bit more of the the sort of darker side of casinos and cheating and stuff, which would be fun. And then the sort of most light idea, the one that I can actually talk about, is I'm gonna I'm thinking about trying poker in some capacity. It doesn't quite have the same sort of sexiness yeah. as blackjack, but I think doing it with some interesting rule would be cool. Like trying to become a professional in a really short space of time or trying to like cut like a load of corners and see if I can still do it. Something like that. So I'm tempted to try something with poker. Although I imagine, I don't think it would be like a huge long multi-series thing, maybe even just one video, but I think that'd be quite a fun challenge. Uh, and then I've got, as I say, the crime based stuff that I'd rather not mention right now. Just in case it makes it harder to do. Have you yes. studied poker at all? Have you put any time into the game? No, I, I used to play as like an eighteen-year-old when I when I was legally old enough to gamble. But I was one of those players that didn't know. I knew how to play, but I couldn't yeah. tell you what like three betting was or whatever. So that would be a cool series, then, in my opinion, to be like, okay, I'm here, I go. Let's see what I can learn in this time span, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't get kicked out if they let me in, in the first place. They might be like, ha, we're not letting you play even well, poker here. <laughs> not playing the casino in a poker game, so not even letting you play a dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So potentially that, and the, the Nebula Nebula thing is um, Nebula is essentially a streaming platform that I really like, and yeah, the the sort of agency I'm with that that do my sponsorships on YouTube also own Nebula. Although Nebula is kind of, I don't know if it's how accurate it is to say it's co-owned, but it's very much like a sharing with creators kind of thing and all the creators on nebula feel very invested in the platform but they're just a really just like the nice thing about nebula is it's essentially all of the content on there is is quite high quality it's not just like anyone can upload it's it's carefully curated creators which means whenever i go on it i just pick a video almost at random and i know it's going to be pretty good uh but there could be potentially some nebula exclusive projects in the future mainly right now i use it for like extra content that i either can't put on youtube Sometimes if I have like an hour long interview with a card counter, that's cool content, but it doesn't fit with what people have subscribed for. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff I put on Nebula. But mm. yeah, in the future, I'll probably do, mm. I've talked with another YouTuber about doing a, like a kind of like a game show style series on Nebula, but we haven't got that far with it yet. But yeah, so there might be potential for some other fun stuff um, that could come up on Nebula. Cool. So, what is what is Nebula? Is this like a YouTube adjacent platform or is it kind of like... Yeah. Patreon it's it's a streaming thing. service. It's it's kind of in a yeah. It, it's it's a it's not like a competitor to YouTube really because it's just a different. It's just different. I don't know how to how to put it. it it's it's more curated, right? So it's not just kind of like anyone uploads, but it is another streaming platform. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, when you have like a YouTube competitor, they just they just die. They just never succeed. And there's been a few that I won't even name that have had loads of funding behind them, but they haven't mm-hmm. worked. I think the people behind Nebula really believe in what they're doing in a way that I think shows. Maybe this just sounds like BS, but I think with some things, you can tell when something's a money grab and you can tell when there's like passion behind a project. 
So mm -hmm. the people behind Nebula are really invested in the creators and keeping creators happy and 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 funding projects and trying new things as well as just making a really good platform. So as, as yeah, time really goes on, I see services like this being more valuable because there's going to be more muck in the water, you know, and they're going to need yeah. to curate the better content, I mm. think. And I'm really lucky that my stuff is monetized on YouTube because I really expected there was a huge chance that it could just be all demonetized oh, for yeah, whatever right. reason. But I was lucky. But but this is the kind of thing where Nebula can be quite like a relief for creators because if they get a video demonetized on YouTube, but it's on Nebula and it's fine and the monetization on, on Nebula is, is better per view because it's a paid subscription platform. So uh, there's no ads on Nebula, but... It's what a bit is more the YouTube point of view mm. on uh, this gambling content? Is is it uh, there's a gray area where they allow some things and or they they they're, they're okay? Yeah, they're okay with gambling content as far as I'm aware. It's more that uh, YouTube absolutely just moves the goalposts whenever they feel like it about what's appropriate. So anything that's even mm. controversial in style, you know, is something that you have to be careful. I mean, I don't know if you saw recently the whole thing about them punishing or demonetizing videos or limiting them in some way if they had swearing in the first 15 seconds now mm. things like that so you just have to be so careful so it's not like anything in my videos i think oh this would get they, demonetized but it's more that they, they just might now where, where it, yeah. it won't get demonetized now but it's um but it does still get hit with a view like i think it gets suppressed in views yeah I'm and you can like swear like a sailor after the 15 seconds isn't that weird for the time being <laughs> but you never know really and this isn't me like crapping on YouTube as a platform. Like I really understand they, they've got a, they're doing a lot of things right. But also it is a bit, you know, they might just change a, they can change a rule one day. And if they decide that my, my content is controversial, they decide, oh, you're filming people that maybe don't know they're being filmed, even if it's legal. And, right. you know, mm. they, they could change the rules at any time. So it's, it's nice having yeah, other things as well. But mm. everyone will still remember all your content anyway but it's like it's kind of like um i mentioned this before but steve will do it he he was sponsored by an online gambling company and his whole channel got taken off both channels just because he he meant like he was promoting the online gambling <clears throat> thing which uh he was only allowed to do in certain ways but this one particular one he said it or it was like you could see the 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 web link on his laptop, like mm. in the background of the video, it just got completely wiped his entire channel. Whoa. Yeah. I think my stuff's a little bit different because I'm not, it, it's weird. You're just watching me. Uh, it, yeah. It's like, you're watching me have a story about gambling as opposed to the direct gambling stuff. So I think it is categorized a bit differently, but yeah, yeah you have to be careful. And like rightly so, you don't want to be getting a load of kids into gambling problems before they're even of legal age, you know, and this stuff can happen. It has to be handled with care. And one of the things that I worry about is people going, and practicing card counting, not realizing the degree of perfectionism you need to have with it, and then going and losing a load of money. So it, it's it's tricky because I mm. want people to be careful. Yeah. Can can you practice uh, card counting with online blackjack like apps? You know, like the ones that aren't for money, uh, that are just fun. Yes, yeah, to an extent. You could. I mean, this is why things like software that exists for card counters for this very reason because online blackjack that doesn't have isn't being really dealt and it's just purely digital you can't really count it because you can't even see like the discard tray to see how many decks of cards have been played and things like that and the estimation stuff but you could practice some things you can go on like live blackjack sites where they actually have someone essentially being streamed dealing out the cards and you can count those although you couldn't really make money off playing them but you could count them for practice for sure the games move a bit too slowly but or you could watch streams of that happening or youtube videos of people playing blackjack and count along but really i prefer software and just physical practice in front you say you can't make money playing them can you be a little more specific yeah i'm actually going to do i'm planning on doing a video where i try and do this even though it's like basically impossible but in essence the problem is is that with, with Blackjack, we're looking for certain game conditions. Not all Blackjack games are made equally. It's kind of when I mentioned that Australia is rubbish for card counting now, right? It's because the game conditions aren't great. So, for example, if you have a Blackjack game where Blackjack pays three to two, that's a good game. But if you have a, a game where Blackjack pays six to five, it's not a game worth counting. And that's just one major rule, but there's mm -hmm. lots of little rules like this. And in online Blackjack, 
they only deal, they have like eight decks of cards shuffled together and they only deal four of them before they shuffle. And if you're counting the cards, that information that you have in your head becomes more and more valuable as time goes on in that shoe. So when they're only dealing four cards out, it, it really drastically ups your N0, which essentially is the amount of time it takes to be within like a 65% chance or something like that of being up. And that can put something, you know, we want to be, we don't want to spend thousands of hours before we're guaranteed in profit. And these online games would be that. Not to mention, I think that they probably have software which is counting alongside and then they'll just see if you're raising your bet. I'm going to give it a go, but I think it's going to be a train wreck. I look forward to it. it sounds like good content anyway. I'll be watching. Yeah. 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 How high is the count before you start putting money down? Is there a general rule? Because I like I've just mucked around with when I when I'm playing online, which is why I was asking mm. you. Yeah, is there a number? Yeah, uh one most of the time. Well one. We, we, <laughs> well kind of. <laughs> what? So essentially, you know, the running count is the count of each individual card when you're going through, right? Which is what mm. mo- if magicians know anything about card counting, they'll know the what we call the running count. They'll be like, oh yeah, plus one, minus one, zero. Yeah, I can, you know, that's what they'll be thinking. But that number tells you, you know, so when you're on a positive count, let's say you're at a, a, a running one and you've got one deck of cards in play. And it's not one of these things where you've got six decks. It's just one deck and you've got uh, a running one. That means that you've essentially got uh, a ratio where there's one extra high card. It's not quite like this, but it's like one extra mm. high card. There's one low card you know, missing, so there's an extra high card. That's enough to give you an advantage or basically around about a break even depending on the the actual blackjack game that can up your your odds by like 0.5 percent ish but really what we're looking for is the true count which is the running count divided by the amount of decks remaining because that tells us the ratio because you know having one extra if i took an ace and i put it in this deck card so there's one extra ace that would be like cool but if i put an ace in in eight decks shuffled together that wouldn't be enough to have an advantage I've not explained that very well, right, but in right, essence, right, we're right. looking at the ratio. So what we'll do is we'll look at the, we'll know how many decks of cards are in play. We'll look at the discard tray. We'll see how many decks of cards are there to the nearest like half deck. And then we'll divide the amount of the amount of decks remaining by what we have, the running count. And that will give us our true count. And the true count really is the number that, that tells us what our advantage is. And <clears> in general, at a true one or maybe a true two for some games, you have a, like a, a slight advantage over the house. And then you would up your bet proportionately, but you'd up your bet as that count gets higher and your advantage grows. When so you up like, the bet, is it directly related to this ratio? Like, is there, will you change yeah. that? I um, guess so, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll use software to sort of generate like a bet spread and we'll crunch numbers in various different ways based off risk tolerance, how much money we have, how how blatant we want to look when we're counting and things like that. But right. yeah, in general, mm. most counters will up when the true count goes up by one, they will increase their bet by X or whatever. So, you know, maybe you bet $100 on a true one. Maybe you bet $200 on a true two, $300 on a true three. And that goes up to, say, a true six, where you wouldn't really go past that for the most part. So you might be doing 600 on a, a true six. Um, but it doesn't have to be that linear, you know, not $100 for a one. It's sometimes, you know, a bit less uh, consistent. It might be a different kind of graph. So part of your job is to go home and crunch some of these uh, situations and figure out optimal play for future sessions. Yeah. Luckily we have software that does this and pen and paper. I would never be able to do it. And when we do team trips, this is one of the reasons why it's good to have like a team manager. So our team manager will, will essentially decide the bet spreads. And when we're doing it, when we're doing solo play, we'll usually have like an aggressive spread and and a tamer spread so that we can pick between them based off what we think the casino's tolerance is like. Sometimes if a casino is like a small casino, then you going in and betting $1,000 on a hand might make you stand out a lot to the point where it's almost not worth doing. So we might have different spreads depending on the environment. We've got a pretty serious question from Patrick. Are you married? Because I need help convincing my wife to let me quit working. So I'm I'm ready too, buddy. Patrick, I'm with you, man. (laughs) When you're ready for me, look up me. What are you talking about? You already live in the proverbial dream, Doug. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not opposed to a little side action on the gambling table. Full time content creating, looking ass mother. (laughs) Come on now. You know I like the felt. (laughs) I am not married, although I have a very supportive girlfriend who supports me doing this stuff. I will say that. Card counting, I think, is best suited 
as a part-time thing only because the time when my mental health suffered the most was when I was playing in the UK six hours a day, six days a week, because you're just, you're constantly losing so much money and winning a lot of money, but you're, you really just like your whole, your whole world becomes this in a way that I think is quite unhealthy. And it is a lot, even though people, everybody thinks, oh yeah, I understand. I get it. I can handle the losses if I'm winning most of the time, but sometimes you lose for hundreds of hours. Yeah. It's just <laughs> incredibly painful or tens of thousands of dollars on the, on our team trip that I was mentioning, the one that isn't on YouTube yet. One of my teammates lost $45,000 in one session. He did what? like a little solo play, a couple hours, 45 K off the team bankroll gone. Wow. But he has, he had the resilience to keep playing. You know, he was like, yeah, got to keep going. And you know, if he needs to go and sit and cry in his car afterwards, then he will, but that's like just how it goes sometimes. So I will say, you don't know what's going to hit you is what I would say to this, this person. It's going to be more painful than you expect. Yeah, it's brutal, right? However, part-time, I think it can be pretty good. I certainly think that relying on your entire income from card counting is, ah, gosh, I mean, you really, imagine having a really good day at work and you're like, oh, I absolutely crushed today. I was on the ball and I won, I was like, I won four grand today, just incredible. But then imagine going, I've got time for one more shoe and losing 6K in the shoe and then you've lost two grand. It's like, it's so, and then also they tapped you on the shoulder and five security guards were there and they, one of them started yelling at you and like going, you don't belong here. You know, that kind of stuff can happen. So it, it can become pretty painful. Not to say don't do it to this guy. I just think <laughs> that, you know, any, even though in my videos, I try and show the, the low points and the high points, everything's still going to end up being a bit of a highlight reel anyway. When you put music behind it, it's going to feel mm. overall 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 quite positive but i think for most talk people about it's doing not... it for like six hours six days a week was this part of your learning process or was this just your job yeah this was just my job in, mm -hmm. in essence i've never filmed this this portion but i was just playing in so, some places you just can't film legally there's just no way around it. it's yeah. like very illegal so in those places i just played a lot and um yeah i just had a run when i was playing around the uk and other european sort of countries and um yeah i was just doing it like six hours a day was, was what i aimed so, for yeah. so are you currently surviving solely off blackjack and content creation right now yeah so i have like a few i guess i have three revenue streams mainly one of which is card counting and investing in other card counters so if i have a you know my team if someone's going on a trip and i can't go on the trip i'll still put money into the trip Wow, Whenever like possible. Big honcho now. Nice. Huh? Oh, nice. <laughs> I feel like it's my duty to invest. Like once you're making money gambling with an edge, it just becomes like a no-brainer to put the money in when the opportunity's there. Investing. I kind of think, yeah, it's like, yeah, the gambling gods have given me this money and, and they did it by <laughs> me gambling. So I must continue to do that too. Like it just feels like, you know, I don't really think about it. I just go, yeah, okay, what you need, done kind of thing if i can afford it but most of the time you know people don't need loads of money because the team's already well bankrolled so yeah that's one thing the content creation being a full-time youtuber is like can be quite a good way of making a living especially if you've got sponsorships one of the things that i made the mistake of when i was doing my early youtube days was i wasn't i wasn't monetizing very effectively and i think that is such a bad thing to do like now i'd recommend that all youtubers do sort of monetize their con content like if you can get a sponsor get a sponsor you know do the sponsor read at the end of the video people can click off if they don't care or they don't want to you know support you but the difference it can make in revenue is massive and then that revenue can be used in ways that's really useful so for example i have this whole idea for a series probably just like four episodes or something but it would cost loads of money to make i'd have to book a studio i'd have to book multiple camera people i'd have to mm. get in all sorts of kind of things and i'm like I can take that risk because I've had previous videos sponsored. So that's just something I would say. But you, say makes... uh, you say like, just get a sponsor. <laughs> how, do you, yeah. how does one just get a sponsor? <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it's necessarily easy. I more just mean that when the opportunity is there, like a lot of people get a bit worried about what if my audience doesn't like that I'm, I'm selling something or pitching something. I'm like, well, don't pitch stuff that you think are bad like like obviously turn down like sponsors that are you know Shady. bad yeah yeah mm. exactly but you know you can still for me i was so, so happy that i could pitch nebula and i'm like i think this is a great service so i'm like great awesome this is it's really easy self me it's it's a cheap thing and it's 
good content. So if you can work with sponsors and you don't let them get in the way of the content, then I think it's worth doing because it can help you make better content. Mm. And then, sorry, is is the last stream of income oh, the yeah. uh, ma- Magic Mastery, or is it? Yeah, yeah. Magic so I, I run a I run a membership with um with uh, Jacob Daniels and Danny Goldsmith and and Benji as well called Magic Mastery. Originally, it was just mm. I, I made a membership, but then these other guys also made memberships, and then at one point we decided to sort of merge together, and and it just all became this one big thing. So that's going really well, actually. That's that's really like become so much better as we've merged together and Danny's like one of the greatest coin magicians in Talk the world and it's about that what, mm. what you got going on over there you do like i guess tutorials and stuff you do yeah yeah so, so we have a like a library of content a lot of well like everything that i've published is in magic mastery and a lot of the stuff that i put like my own effects i don't have to sale outside of it some of them i do so it's all that stuff i've got some Nice stuff like in there. I'll just, I'm absolutely inevitably going to mess this up right now. But I have this um, shuffle sequence that's, I guess only magicians are going to be watching this, but this is like a full full deck false shuffle that I made. That's, um, I'll just do it a few a few times whilst. Um, Ooh, that's nice. Very nice. Ooh. Yeah. By the way, so while he's shuffling. That's while, so while, good. While, he, while he's shuffling, the link to Magic Mastery is in the link of this podcast already. Just so you know. Why, thank you. But yeah, so we have a lot of content. <laughs> we also have like a big community focus. So we have a couple of Discord calls that we do every week, Mondays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. UK time, although we also open up other ones and members hop on to the spontaneous ones. And then I'll be on those basically every time. Danny is in a heck of a lot of them too. And we just jam, we chat magic, we help people out with ideas they've been working on. I literally was just on one of those calls before hopping over onto this podcast. And we were discussing like a maths-based routine involving calculators and stuff that someone's going to be before me. So we have a big community focus and we've got a lot of nice ideas in the works. But yeah, it's definitely, I think it's quite a wholesome place. (laughs) We work really hard to keep the community nice. And Mika Mika speaks highly of it. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. This is filling the gap that magic shops used to provide when I was a young man, allowing Magi come together and jam and learn from their peers and have that session experience. Yeah. It. Yeah. To, to me, that's a really important element of it. And obviously not all of the, it's interesting because different members are there for different things. So some members are all about the content. We have yeah. members that joke about not logging into the site because they're just, <laughs> they're really there for like the discord calls and they're there every single discord call. Mm. And then, yeah, so it does, it does range what people are sort of doing, but I think it's a good spot for, quite a rate like a nice wide range of skill levels too we've got like some proper advanced stuff we've got a lot of mem deck content we've got a lot of very advanced coin stuff but then we've also got stuff that's appropriate for beginners and coin magic course for beginners and card shuffle slides for beginners and all sorts of stuff so yeah it's quite a nice range but it's very much a passion project for me but it's growing very very well and it's a lot of yeah it's quite a lot of members now and it's 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 nice it's a that's fun awesome. place to be sorry i see, yeah. I see the we've comments. got jason thank you mike Jason Yoakum here asking to do the rising card. I'm guessing, is that an inside magic mastery? No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Well, it's from, um, oh, fun. Yeah. this is like, this is like decades and decades old and it's not mine, but um, from a shuffle deck and use borrowed. I think it's like the best impromptu rising card that you can basically, oh, gosh, my angles are so weird on this, but. Like Damn. I've done this. Yeah, cool. It's the perfect one if you're doing a loops routine and your loop snaps. It it's really is. Like, <laughs> cool. I remember this like old version of it. Yeah, the oh, man, I haven't done this in years. There we go. Yeah, yeah. But it's that like could actually be it. directly from the center. Yeah. You see, it's actually like yeah. yeah, nice and dead in the center there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's OG move. Damn, Mr. Like, I, I, I'm surprised that there's like all these other rising card from decks that exist that are just from a shovel deck and use. And I think none of them look nearly as good as this one. And it's not mine, so you know it's really yeah. old. <laughs> oh, to, be, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. nice. Doug immediately just like shows something incredible. After I've never even done that one. one. I was just I, I remember I remembered one? it from a book. What's the other one, Josh? Is it uh, is it this one? Ooh, that's cool. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? The Angel Control? Um, um, Fairy Dust or something like that. 
you guys aren't allowed to come over here and start showing really good. Yeah. And then I remember seeing uh, this one, which. Uh, who made it's it? just how you've started something now. <laughs> I think it was Bill Malone, actually. He goes, he does this first, yeah. and then he goes and does it actually oh, as a change. Is it Greg Wilson? Nice. Or maybe it was Bill Malone as well. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Greg Wilson did it in card stunts. In anyway, this has just Spain, become so. a Discord chat now. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Right. Yeah, there's Jason. many, many different rising cards, I think. Too many. Too many Indeed. rising cards. You should know at least 12 to be a real magician. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you could do a 365 days of triumph. We've already discovered that. <laughs> That's right. Hey, any rising oh, well. card lifts all decks. You know what they say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> Iconic. I'm, I'm glad you got it. <laughs> That's good. Man, that's amazing that you're doing some amazing things <laughs> and you've still got projects in the bank ready to go. And Thanks. Well, don't yeah, you... I don't feel very organized, but we'll see. Nobody ever nobody ever does, man. Nobody ever does. I feel like an absolute mess at the moment. Stephen, you did a straitjacket escape at one stage on the streets, yeah? I did, one time. Did you ever get these? Look at this. I don't know if you can see just along here, but there's this horrible, oh, no. horrible bruising. Did you ever Honestly, get those? Look at this. When I say I did it one time, I literally did it one time. Oh, okay. It's I started writing a whole change. new show for for this festival with the straitjacket, and I, nice. it's like slowly a progressive thing where it's getting better and better. But holy, I'm bruised. On Are my you doing arms, chains? Like, I guess right across the wrist, no, across the wrists here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the yeah the chains will get you. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I've no I have no advice for you. I did it one time. <laughs> and I nearly fell off the box, but I was largely okay. I tell you what, though, I love doing straight jacket escape because it's the only trick it's the only trick you can do where at the end you can kind of go yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you get the heroic throw down of the jacket i know, right? really enjoyed that on the ground. you don't yeah. get that with cards 11 <laughs> did that did that skill come in handy when you're trying to escape from the uh, straight jacket of the casinos when they lock you and tie you to a chair you i got them tied to a chair but actually you know i i got a text from somebody last month and he said should i see if i if i can find the exact word perfect thing maybe i can't find it well he basically told me that he in december got backed off by the casino and they took him in the back room and chained him to the chair and i don't know what's more crazy about this story the fact that that happened or the fact that that is the second time i've known as of someone get chained to a chair in a casino the second time and the so first guy happened to sued the, sued the casino and won. And now my friend is suing this casino. Uh, oh, if I told you the casino, you would be, you'd be mind blown, but I probably shouldn't say it, but you would be like, what? You'd think, you like think my, they would know better. casino out in the country, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a big, it's a, it's a name you'll know, but hey. Wow. Oh, so hopefully he'll get like half a million dollars. Chris Angel's Casino, everybody. Chris Angel's Casino. I knew yeah. it. You heard like, it here first. Yeah, we couldn't trust that smug son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and like, wow. what, are they keeping him chained for like hours? Or No, no, I don't think it was for very long. But they did threaten to, um, well, you were just sworn. So yeah, they threatened to beat the shit out of him. Well, the mm, they didn't wow. say it to him. They, they just were like, I want to beat the shit out of this guy, which is, I think, a direct threat. Uh, yeah yeah it's like so it's he's like obviously a... traumatized now if only he had your special uh <clears throat> secret service webcam like spy cam well they don't need it because they the lawyer just contacts the casino and they have to hand stuff over in in those cases ah i'm lucky for Do the they now? yeah oh yeah yeah if there's an accusation of yeah yeah they and can deleting, get it like, deleting any evidence is an admission of guilt so that would be bad i think yeah they have, yeah, they have to hand it over so Mm. But I, I think the casinos yeah. would just want to fire whoever is responsible and settle. I imagine. Yeah, but. that's the problem. The link, the weak link in the chain is the human brain because a lot of them are dumb. Yeah, you meet some of I, them on their videos. One of the things I say to my um, my team all the time it's like this catchphrase. I say, "Never underestimate how smart or dumb casinos can be." Because <laughs> it's just both. <laughs> they can be incredibly clever, and they can also be. Like what? <laughs> yeah, when you're dealing with management at 3 a.m., good luck with what uh, you got. 
and yeah, that I guy with the big beard and the gunplay tie. A quick question: in in Australia, they use the automatic reshuffling <laughs> shoes. Yeah, so, uh, unless you're in the the high dealers room, is that is that becoming a thing in the US, or or do they all still use the manual shoes, or you just know where those ones are? Those yeah, in are. in general, they're not that popular in the US because Americans don't trust them; they just don't want to play mm. on them. Which I understand. Mm. I think if you're going in the casino to play like a, a game with real cards and you spend all your day on a computer anyway. I think you want it to be tactile and, and, you know, not particularly digital. So I think a lot of the time they don't like the machine. Also, both card counters, but also like just regular blackjack. Regular blackjack players really believe in like catching a wave. And they they just feel mm. like it doesn't happen on a continuous shuffle machine. You know, they just don't think that's a thing. And whether or not that's true or not, and we're getting into like maths versus superstition, people feel very differently about a standard hand shuffle kind of game in a shoe. So they exist a lot more in Europe and in Australia, as you said, because we don't seem to really care. And they are popping up on the lower limit tables in the US. And who knows what the state of blackjack will be like in 20 years. But right now, most casinos, I would, it's not like I have to avoid a casino because they don't have the hand shuffle games. That's pretty rare. We're going to have to protest, right. Jace. We're going to have to protest to get <clears throat> the manual shoes back. I would. Mm. So, Well, ladies and gentlemen... I hope you've all enjoyed Stephen Bridges here. I know I have. And uh, make yeah. sure that you go and subscribe to magicmastery.com, but not before subscribing to, you know, me. I teach the fan. Over. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we're back and we're back. Sorry. Sorry go to- out. Yeah. You want to do that again? <laughs> he teaches the fan. Baby. I don't really teach the fan. I said, ah. we need better production values. There we go. <laughs> We'll see you at Magic Mastery. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.